Shut up and sit down. You're listening to the Cheaters Never Pin Podcast, a proud part of the Section 328 family. Follow us on Twitter at CheatersNVRPIN. Now, live from ringside, it's Mr. Workrate and JC. Oh, help, well. <laughs> oh, God. Help me, Tom. Sitting outside in that, uh, doing captain watches really started to lose your mind, hasn't it, JC? Yes, it has lost my mind here on the Cheaters Never Pin podcast. Hello, everybody, is what I was attempting to say. Yeah, you know, basic communication is just going completely out the window already. We're, we're already off the rails. Well, when you've been forced to be outside of the arena since uh, Sunday night, it, uh... I'm 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 a real dirty sleepy boy, Tom. Oh, maybe that was was that bat talk for hello. I I know you've been communicating with the bats. Yes, maybe it was. Maybe I just did that like subconsciously there, like yeah. just kicked in. Anyway, welcome to Cheaters Never Pin, your number one source for wrestling talk with two guys that wear hats sometimes. 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 Uh, my name is JC, and here next to me at the commentary booth is my good buddy, Mr. Workrate, Tom. I'm here, and it's great to be here. Um, sorry I couldn't be directly with you in the uh, Section 328 production truck, but, you know. That's true. I'm actually closer to you than usual, so this would have been easier. Yeah. But I'm glad we built the podcast studio out in the truck. Yeah, this that was, nice. uh, you know, instead of actually paying us, this is where your Patreon dollars go, apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got left here. So for those of you who don't understand what the hell we're talking about. Uh, they're they're gone already. That's true. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are getting a, ready to name a new captain. So I was, have been sent on assignment here to PNC Arena and have been living here since Sunday, since the preseason closed, to wait out the announcement. Uh, that all comes to an end today at noon. Hallelujah. And then I could finally go home and shower. And I was left here with a bag of Dor- or a bag of Doritos, a tent, and a production truck. So it's been a it's been a weird four days. At least you know you've been able to charge your iPhone and it's true. various other devices that you need to be putting together these YouTube videos. Right. The production so, yeah. truck. The production truck runs off the arena power outside, like the satellite trucks and stuff. So I'm glad you hacked it. I did. I've learned a lot this week about myself. <laughs> Your elite hackers. Uh, so this week on the podcast, uh, we got a pay per view on Sunday. We got hell in a cell. Hell in a cell. We both we both got the right amount of gurgle on that. I'm happy with with the way we did that. It's fun being Vince. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got a match exchange. We figured that'll carry an hour of yours and our time. So, uh, you know, there you go. Well, I tend to ramble, so it shouldn't be a problem. We want to break the news from the NXT taping that I'm sure they will break on their own here shortly. Oh, we can fight about it, too. Oh, okay. Um, it was announced at uh, the NXT tapings Wednesday night. 
um, that the next TakeOver special, uh, which will emanate the day before Survivor Series, uh, will be NXT TakeOver War Games. It will be highlighted by a War Games match, which will be Undisputed versus Sanity versus the authors of Pain and Roderick Strong. Now, I'm excited for War Games. If it's the, the, the two-ring crazy cage, cool. How, do you, how does this work with three teams? I guess. Well, I guess you just let one in at a time. It, but that's that's three. why it's not war games. You've got three teams, not two, and you've got there there are three teams of three, I guess. Yeah, because it would be uh, the three guys from Sanity, uh, Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly for Undisputed. Why you assuming then... it's the three guys from Sanity? Because Nikki Cross, Nikki Cross against Nikki Cross. Because Nikki Cross is in the women's title match. Oh, okay. And then uh, the authors of pain, so Acom, Razar, and Roderick Strong, who is kind of like an author of pain, I guess. Yeah. Does he get like some kind of flak jacket as well, or? No. Oh. But yeah, that's that's not interesting. War games, war games is. Five against five, two cages, one team versus the other team, of which a coin toss. How are you going to do the coin toss to begin who starts off? Well, you obviously start off with one of the AOP guys or Roddy in the in the ring, probably Roddy. And then you have the heels that are two and three. Rotate. And, or, you know, start the cycle over because AOP is facing this. Apparently. Right, but who, who's next? So you have one from each group, then somebody has to get the advantage by getting so the next person in. You probably do, like, Roddy, and then Fish, and then... I'm not asking the order. I'm asking <laughs> literally, like, each... In regular war games, you had a team versus another team, and then they did, like, a coin toss to figure out who was going to get the next person in, because if... One versus one, then it's two versus one, two versus two, three versus the, two, and uh, so on. They got the tumbler with the balls they can pull out for numbers. There you go. But, they can make it work, or Regal can just assign it. No. <laughs> You're this overthinking this stuff. Wrong. The tumbler is fine. So they can draw, they can draw straws. So WWE executives who have never apparently watched the WWE Network are just randomly using, like, WCW terms. They, they apparently found the big book of Crockett somewhere. <laughs> like, we'll make a house show, we'll call it Starcade, and we'll do, we'll, we'll do a War Games thing. Shit, and... that's true. We're going full WCW right now, aren't we? No, we're we're in Crockett. We're not even That's we're in true. NWA Crockett right now. Good time. The ghost of Dusty's gonna come back. I'm fine with these things. And do some clubbering. But uh but, yeah, I yeah, I'm fine with it as long as they do it right. It'll be done and, right. I mean Starcade seems to be going in the right direction, not that we're gonna see it because it's only a house show that's not gonna end up on the network. Which mystifies me. Because we hate money and well, new content. It's it's content. No, I you've think you've been you've been the, desperately looking for something for content on the network, which is cheap. Well, it's blatantly obvious now. The play was okay. We know WrestleCade is happening in Winston, and that's a big draw for the nostalgia stuff. 
All right, well, let's run Starcade in Greensboro the same night. And again, I don't, I mean, now, now I think that, that's more of a piggyback thing. No, I think now now that, because WrestleCade's big, that now that they have said we're not broadcasting it, clearly that's the play is, all right, we're going to, we're going to leech that business. Yeah, I mean, so. it's, it, but. I don't know. I, I don't think if I think it overlaps a little bit, but I don't know. Is it, you're talking about a house. Yeah. Like they have the rock and roll express at Starcade. Yeah. I mean, and well, Ricky and Bobby. And they're going to work too. It's not like they're going to show up against, against the good brothers. Oh yeah. Hey, it'll be a good match. They'll get a good match. Yeah, it will be a surprisingly good match. Yeah, which is why I'd love that... to see it, but oh well. But, but in things we will see, Shane McMahon die. <laughs> so let's move into Hell in a Cell. Why? Why, Shane? Well, let's just, we'll start with that match. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon inside Hell in a Cell. Because uh, it's I, apparently I... on the poster. It is, yeah. That's. I think that's probably gonna be the main event, dude. It's been positioned that way. Yeah. Plus, I mean, like, are you really gonna put gender versus Shinsuke in the main event? Like, who's gonna give a shit at that point? No. Because everybody, since it's everybody not knows in a cell. Exactly, and gender's not going to lose the title because this week is when they officially announced finally the India tour in uh, December. That is the Raw crew plus gender. So why would they drop? Why would they have him drop the belt before they go to India? Because SmackDown's turning into a whirling cesspool. Well, it is. The ratings are are showing that. You know, I'm yeah, not one to believe I'm, in ratings that hard, but it's declining at a, at a pretty steady rate right now. I mean, there was a time when SmackDown was the show out of the two, and it's it's gone complete opposite direction. Yep. And there is one point you can you can you can point to that is the starting point of this, and that is yeah. the the title reign of Jinder Mahal. I mean, I was behind the idea of something a little bit different. Yeah, we all were, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was better than Randy Orton having the belt again. But I don't know though. After after uh, Randy's interview on the Edge and Christian podcast, like I want Randy to have that belt again. Randy's, Randy's such a great shoot interview. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's Randy, shit. Randy outside of wrestling seems a lot more interesting than Randy as an actual wrestler. Well, Randy and as a heel. If... Randy as a heel is interesting. Randy as babyface is, is not good. And that was part of the issue with his positioning before when he was in the feud with Bray Wyatt, right. where he was a complete heel through the whole thing, positioned as a babyface. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to burn down your building, but I'm a good guy. <laughs> Pose. <laughs> Cheer me. <laughs> I'm desecrating your dead sister's burial ground. Oh, We'll get to that during the Hell in a Cell talk. That news about mm. about the dead sister. Um, so uh, we'll start with the pre-show. 
Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin take on the Hype Bros. Hey, yeah, there are other tag teams on this show. <laughs> it are the new day in the Usos. Um, are Chad Gable and Sheldon Benjamin uh, American Beta now? Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, why not? I don't even know who wins this. It, it doesn't matter. So Probably Gable and Benjamin, because they've been working the Hype Bros breakup angle. I was going to say Gable. And, I mean, it, they'd make a decent team, too. But, I mean, yeah, they have to go over because the Hypers are going to break up because there's nothing to do with them. And Ryder actually works well as a heel. Yeah. And Mojo is, I don't know. He's there. Uh, Randy Orton versus Rusev. Orton's going to win that match. Yeah. Will it be longer than seven seconds, though? Uh, they, they, they gotta allow that, right? Five to six minutes. Yeah, it's gonna be a shorter match. They may, you know, that's a match that they will probably flex the time on if they need to go short or run extra time. Yeah, I mean, it's there's nothing necessarily at stake, and it's it's a match that they've done before. Yep. So. I mean, it's not necessarily a match anyone's tuning in for, so if it's no. shorter than normal or it's longer than normal, no one's really going to give a shit either way. Exactly. As long as Aiden English comes out and sings Rusev out, I'm cool with this. Which is my new favorite pairing in WWE. Rusev and oh. Aiden English. It's so good. Uh, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler will face each other in what will be the match that went on way too long of the night, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, I'd be interested to watch them work with each other. I mean, that they're they're both quality workers, but yeah, I don't care though. No, I'm, I'm curious to Ziggler's uh, entrance. True. That's purely curiosity. That has nothing to do with the fact of you know I'm I'm looking forward to something happening with them. I just. He's been uh, doing all the other entrances. Is he going to do his entrance, or what's he going to do? Right. Bobby Roode wins? Yeah. Okay. Uh, AJ Styles defends the United States Championship against Baron Corbin. Hey, remember Baron Corbin? Yeah, remember, he was Mr. Money in the Bank. That was a thing. Yeah. So this will be a match. And it'll be a good one. Corbin tries really hard, and AJ should be able to pull a good match out of him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it it'll be it'll be better than the amount that you're going to care about it because nobody's necessarily going into it going, God damn, I can't wait till that match. But God damn, give me that Baron Corbin, motherfucker. <laughs> Things Jim Cornette has never said. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, in another really who gives a fuck match. God, there's a lot of those on this card, isn't there? Jesus. It's SmackDown. SmackDown has been who gives a fuck in general. For, a, what, three or four months now? Yeah. Yeah, good God. Uh, and it pains me to say that because this is the women's championship match between Natalia and Charlotte. Charlotte Flair, I'm sorry. We're, we're, yeah. We have the players back there. And Natalia Neidhart. Oh, right. Uh, I assume... Oh, wait, we can't use her last name. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, I assume Charlotte wins because they probably filmed this Natty getting the belt angle for Total Divas. Cause that, okay, yeah. Because that happens. Total Divas always ends at SummerSlam, so that times out correctly. Okay. So, Charlotte will probably get the belt back. Yay. I, I don't watch that show, but... I haven't seen an episode of Total Bellas, and I feel really guilty every time I see the promos for it, because I haven't had a chance to watch it. But I'm going to binge it. That's the plan. Okay. We'll Once you a... get back to your actual home. Yeah. You don't have to live in a truck. Yeah. Although I shouldn't have said you're living in the truck, right? Is Mike going to get upset? Well, I mean, on Twitter I said I don't really give a shit about the note anymore. I'm going to live in the truck. After the day where I ended up in Fuquay by accident, I'm living in the truck now. Gotcha. I understand. Yeah. Uh, people, people are very confused. Kayfabe, <laughs> brother. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, in what could very well, in what should be the best match of the night, the New Day will defend their tag team championships against the Usos. Should be the best match of the night. And this is a Hell in a Cell match. This is Hell in a Cell. But it's not False Count Anywhere, Hell in a Cell. So they're going to have to stay within the cell. Right. Okay. Are all three numbers of New Day allowed in the cell? I don't know. Do they have to tag? (laughs) The more I've thought about this over the last two weeks since they announced it, I've been like, so are they going to have to hold the tag rope <laughs> inside the cell? Well, it's a, you know it's they a tornado are. match. Yeah, but no, because it's just hell in a cell. It's not a tornado hell in a cell match, Tom. It's just a hell in a cell tag match. You and I know common sense would say, okay, it's no DQ, therefore that shouldn't matter. But this is WWE. <laughs> And I love them, but they always do this. This is from the company that we do have a triple threat tag team match. There's only two guys in the ring at a time. <laughs> so. And no one can figure out the tag the other person in and let them pin themselves to win the title. Right. Dumbass. <laughs> they need, maybe, maybe the last several years of doing that is just one grand setup for the one time it's done. Yeah. Just real long-term storytelling by Vince. Um, I'm going to assume the Usos leave their penitentiary with the belts, and we flip this back again. Yeah, I... I mean, you might as well keep flipping it back and forth at this point, because there's no, there are no other contenders. Right. I mean, it's... And... I don't know. It's It's going back and forth, and that's pretty much been the angle, but... Um, I can't see where you go outside of this because nobody's at that level yet. They've spent the entire like last three, six, nine months, however long it's been, basically establishing we have two tag teams in the entire federation. <laughs> right. So this is the most busted division in the company, and that's compared to the cruiserweights. Is the SmackDown tag division. Yeah, and it's a shame, too, because they've had good tags. Yeah. And there are good, there are good tag teams on this brand. Are, did you know that Rizongo is still here? 
the Ascension? Who just put them in a program, some kind of program? Jesus, why are they just <sighs> SmackDown? This yeah, episode title. Ugh, SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jinder Mahal will defend his WWE Championship. Kill me now against Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm sorry, the artist known as Shinsuke Nakamura. Let me get let me get the branding correct. I don't care. I mean, we are. That I mean, hurt, that literally hurts me to say. It's going to be, and it, I hate it. It's going to be a bad match. Even though Shinsuke's in there, it's going to be bad. And Gender's leaving with the title because he's got to take it to India. Period. They've already given away the finish. You think maybe somebody might run in? That's the entire reason it's not inside Hell in a Cell. This is the one match on the card that should be inside Hell in a Cell. It has been... This feud has been laden with interference by uh, Sing 1 and Sing 2. Which, why is that not a t-shirt? WWE Shop. Sing one and sing two. Only in children's sizes. Oh my god, that'd be so great. <laughs> yep, uh, and gender's winning. We already agreed on that, I think. Yep. Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. Falls count anywhere, hell in a cell match. In case they choose to leave. Oh shit. The fact they add that stipulation... I'm so worried for Shane McMahon's life. One, I, I, watching the Hulu cut back of SmackDown since I wasn't able to watch it live, I thought Shane McMahon almost died when he took the pop-up powerbomb because when I saw it, I swear to God, the back of his head bounced off that canvas. I was like, Shane didn't tuck his chin, and now he doesn't yeah. know where he is. But he was fine. Sure he was. Sure. Just like he was when Roman Superman punched him and his head bounced off the campus. Shane, not good at the back bumps these days. No. God, that was a year ago. Wasn't it? It was Survivor Series last year. The the Shane concussion. Oh, right. Yeah. Jesus. I remember that now. Um, Shane's going to do something crazy. I have a feeling, too. Owens might even do something crazier because they built him up as this ridiculous psycho it's just it's going to be this is this is just spot after spot which it should be because it's a shane mcmahon match but you're uh, talking about potentially no one will go uh, off the top this time i don't foresee that happening but i don't know what happens we've done the shane off the top thing well, the talk was that Kevin Owens would throw Shane McMahon off the cage. But please don't do that. Please I don't, don't do want that. that. No. Well, we've had people thrown off the top of the cage. Well, I guess I guess Undertaker... Did he kick or punch Rikishi off the top of the cage? I can't remember. I don't remember that. Uh, it was uh, Armageddon 2000, I think. Anyway, the six-pack Hell in a Cell match. How did I not remember that 
match from 17 years ago. It's so good. It's one of my favorites of all time. Change, because that's when Vent, when, all right, never mind. <laughs> just get ready to be like, how do you not remember when Mick Foley put them all in the match and Vince wanted to fire him as GM and blah, blah. Anyway. <laughs> Let me explain a 17-year-old storyline to you. <laughs> um, This pay-per-view is going to be, It's a, if it's a C in the end, it overachieved, right? Yeah. Uh, and it it's totally going to be get carried by the Usos New Day match, and, and basically everyone watching to see Shane McMahon die. Yep, I would assume they open with the tag Hell in a Cell, right? Or second, it'll be real. That'll be early in the card because they're gonna um, they have to space those out. Yeah. I mean, I could see, like, maybe Rude Ziegler opening. Okay. Get the crowd pop a little bit for the entrances and that type of thing. Get the tag second. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't put these things I'm together. not, like, I'm super hyped to see Shevin, Shevin and Kane. Jesus. Yeah. Shevin will be the... Hot new naming trend. Just, I'm Shevin signs all throughout the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shane and Kevin will be good. That's the only thing I really care about. And that makes me really, really sad. It and makes it, me and it sad. Will be, that... It's not good wrestling, but it'll be, it'll be an entertaining match. How about that? That's what I should yeah. say. I mean, cause I give Shane credit for one thing. He he's an entertainer. I mean, he he busts his ass trying to entertain a crowd by you know spots and that type of thing. And it's he, he does a good job at that. We can't deny that. It's just I pop when he throws his really stupid punches too. The stupid little dance before he goes to the ring. Yeah, it's always fun. I love a good Shane match. Oh, right. Well, that's hell in a cell. And I don't know if you yeah. can tell by the tone of our voices, but boy, we're excited. Totally going to be a thing. Yep. You know what else is a thing? What's that? Our Patreon. Oh. Yeah. If you go to cheatersneverpin.com and click the Patreon button on the front page, uh, you can donate a little money to Section 328 Media Enterprises Incorporated LLC, and uh, it helps to pay for things like our hosting and microphones and maybe more food in the production truck next time I'm locked outside for four days. Uh, I mean, at least the Uncrustables that... You know, you get from Aldi or something like that, because they're not too bad. Yeah, I mean, just any other, anything other than one bag of Doritos given to me on day one. Uh, well, at least they were the name brand Doritos. It's true, they were. It was Purple Bag, of course. Yeah. Yep. You can't get those generic. You have to get the Doritos brand for the Purple Bag. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, if you want to just, if you appreciate what we do, uh, and you want to kick a few bucks every month our way, even a buck, I don't, it doesn't matter. Whatever you feel is necessary. Or warranted. Uh, we invite you to go to cheatersneverpin.com, click the Patreon button on the front page, and uh, throw your cash at my face while I dance for you. Remember, it doesn't just support us. It supports the Section 328 Empire, I guess you could say. 
328 Media Empire Incorporated LLC. Yeah. It it supports the Cheaters Never Win podcast, uh, which has been doing some great stuff lately. It supports the website. Um, it helps hey, that support. Ep- that episode they had a couple weeks ago was really, really good. That guy that was on that guest they had, he was top notch. Corey is actually a very good host. <laughs> I enjoyed hearing him. I did too. He's very knowledgeable. He's a local media, but he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, that's true. He's not up on Cam Ward's dick. I mean, a little bit. He has to be. It's part of the job requirement, I think. But yeah, not like. No, I almost just gave way too graphic of a description. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, there have been dot com. Click the Patreon button. Do it for Cam Ward's dick. <laughs> There's our episode title. People are going to be like, what? And now, now that you've made it this far, you understand why the show is titled Cam's War- Cam Ward's Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. That's what happens when you just stare at the arena all day. There's some lovely backdrops, though. It is. I love how the sun is always the exact same on this arena. It's perfect. It's really great. When you get a good angle, you get a good angle. I mean, if you get it every day at the exact same time, (laughs) clouds never move. There's no wind. It's perfect. This is perfect for filming television. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I don't know if you want to do a minute or two on Lance Russell, uh, the famous Memphis commentator who passed away, uh, earlier this week. Uh, that's, it's something I don't, just from watching a little bit of Memphis, you've had me watch on YouTube. I know about, but I don't know much about him. If you want to give some, some thoughts there. Okay. I'll jump in. Um, cause this is apparently my section. Grabbing on Crustable. Um, <laughs> Lance Russell is probably one of the last uh, was one of the last remaining old school announcers from I guess the glory era of the 60s, 70s into the 80s and 90s. Uh, I guess Jim Ross pretty much cuts back in and he's kind of I guess the last remnant from that group. But guys like Jim Ross learned from Lance Russell. Uh, Lance Russell was the voice of Memphis wrestling. If you if you've seen Jerry Lawler wrestle in Memphis, you've seen you've heard Lance Russell talk over him. Um, Lance's style was very direct, very to the point. He uh, you know he wasn't as knowledgeable of wrestling like maneuvers like say a Mike Tanay or somebody like that was, but he, he was never put into a position where he didn't know what was going on. He always came across as knowledgeable. He, he stood up to uh, heel tactics for the most part. Like if somebody, if, if some heel got in his face and started arguing with him, he got angry back at them. He didn't cower in fear. He he stood up. It's not like he would ever actually get into a fight with anyone. Because again, when he was doing commentary, he he was still an older and not 
you know, he, he was an adult guy or anything like that. He was just an average announcer type person. But he kind of had this fatherly or almost grandfatherly as time went on authoritativeness to him where he if the heels kind of got on their tomfoolery or whatever it is that they were doing he'd just kind of scold you he'd never get mad he'd just be disappointed and I think the the best example I can think of, and, and the thing I always end up going back to, is when there there was an angle, and I've, I've shown it on Twitter a couple of times, um, back back in the early '80s, there was a tag team with Eddie Gilbert and Tommy Rich, and they had broken up. Uh, like within that week or two or so, they had broken up just recently and started feuding. They brought out these two guys. Lance Russell brings out these two newsletter-type people. Nobody knows who they are. They, you know, he introduces them, is friendly to them, that type of thing. They come out, and they're like, you know, we run this newsletter, and uh, we wanted to award the tag team of the year to Tommy Rich and Eddie Gilbert. And we'd love to give it to them, but we know kind of the situation that's going on. And Eddie Gilbert comes out and Eddie Gilbert proceeds to accept the award, but kind of run down Tommy Rich in the process. Um, so as he's doing this, Tommy Rich, who's the face of the two, by the way, because, you know, Eddie Gilbert comes out and starts ripping on Tommy Rich. Tommy Rich comes out and proceeds to beat the ever-living fuck out of Eddie Gilbert. Busts him wide open, blood all over the place. And as he's doing, I mean, just beating him down and, just kind of destroying this guy right in front of Lance Russell. Now is Lance Russell screaming? Is he being over the top? No, he's just disappointed. Now, now Tommy, stop it. Just, just that's, that's not the right Tommy. Come on. It's just the whole time. It just, he's like, as if it were two, you know, two of his sons having like a little argument or something like that. It was just this very Sunday school teacher like disciplinarian tone. And finally he stops and like uh, they cut to commercial. They come back from commercial, and Lance is interviewing Eddie Gilbert. Eddie Gilbert has not left. He's still bleeding from the face, mind you. Again, this is like Saturday morning Memphis wrestling. He's still busted wide open and just trying to explain to Lance Russell. like, cause He's like, Lance, I've got something I've got to say. Oh, I guess so, Eddie. Go ahead. 
and Eddie Gilbert explains how how much of a fool he's been, how he wants to apologize, and he can't believe what an idiot he's been. We were such a good tag team, and you know what? I really screwed up. I, I've really done a horrible thing. I just want to apologize to the people, apologize to Tommy Rich, apologize to to you, Lance Russell. Lance, okay, you know, I I, I accept your apology. And Tommy Rich comes out and he's just like, I want to shake your, you know, just Tommy, I want to apologize. I want to shake your hand. And the crowd's like cheering because obviously Eddie Gilbert's turned over a new leaf. And if you actually have ever seen Eddie Gilbert for more than like two minutes, you know that you know what's coming. So Tommy Rich isn't too sure. And he comes at and. By the way, this is pure 1982 or whatever, Tommy Rich. He's in this powder blue three-piece, like, buttoned-up vest, like, leisure suit-looking suit. And he goes and Eddie attacks him and proceeds to just waylay him and bust him open. And once again, Lance, oh, Eddie, come on. Come on. But he just had this way of like, he had this no nonsense way of just doing commentary. It was just, he was a pleasure to listen to. He, and from the stories that I've been hearing now since he passed, and even before that, would lead you to understand that there was nobody nicer in the business than Lance Russell. He was great about getting other people getting other people into the business. Uh, guys like Dave Brown and other people that ended up um, working with him in commentary and that type of thing. Uh, always willing to help out and just, but just very inviting, very friendly, and just one of the good people. And um, he lived to be, I believe, ninety one, and he was just a Memphis icon and. It's it's sad that he passed, but he gave us many great memories, and uh, it'll be hard to forget Lance Russell. For sure. That's my ramble. There you go. <laughs> Let's move on to our next segment. Tom, are you braced? I think so. You sure? Uh, let me just pick up something over here. Magic Damn it, I was not ready. <laughs> it's time for the match exchange. Uh, I guess I'll lead off this time. We'll probably yeah, talk more about your match. Um, so I watched from Starcade '86. Is that right? Was, yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Arn and Oli. Versus the Rock and Roll Express inside, inside, inside a steel cage for the NWA Tag Team uh, titles. This match was perfect. Yeah. You get the nice baby face shine at the top, looking real good. Ricky and Robert doing their shit. And then those dastardly Andersons slow the shit down. And Ricky and Robert get the win. And of course, it's NWA at eighty six, so everybody's bleeding. Well, yeah. But uh, it's just that was the perfect tag team match. Like the pacing of it, I, like I said, you know, the shine, the heat, the hope spot, back to a little bit of heat, back to the finish. Oh my God, it was perfect. 
I mean, I knew what happened, but I couldn't stop watching it. It's perfect. Four and three quarter stars. Ooh. Four and three quarters. Would have been five. But it wasn't in Tokyo Dome. Exactly. <laughs> Tom, what did you watch this week? I didn't watch anything. <laughs> and I'll explain why. Okay. Because I've already this is, seen This is Batch. fair. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, And I promised I'd say it on the podcast. Uh, I don't enjoy watching murder porn. I do not blame you. And for lack of a better term, that's what this match was. Um, match in quotes. Yeah. So I don't know much about the surrounding of the match necessarily or what, you know, what background or whatever these two had. And maybe you know that a little bit better than me, but pretty much this match is right up there up top with when things go wrong and, and and it's not even necessarily things go wrong. It's when somebody just decides to stop cooperating and that's what happened. Uh, the one woman in this match proceeds to just completely go off script and beat the living shit out of the other girl to the point where it broke her orbital bone. Um, Broke some other stuff too. I can't remember what exactly. Fractured cheek, nasal, and orbital bones required yeah. surgery. Just literally beat shit out of her. Yeah. Well, the other girl was mad she wasn't the champion, and apparently she's known for having a bad attitude and decided, hmm, fuck this. And lost her shit. It's just, it's an interesting moment in pro wrestling because it's so rare that that kind of shit happens and that it's to that extent especially that you know everything everything is predetermined yes but what you still have and the it, potential to end someone's life in that ring and do it for real if you so choose and I mean you had you had something I mean to a lesser extent obviously but you had something like that happen recently in Mexico with a sexy star where she proceeds to, um, there was, again, a finish that was predetermined in in the match where Sexy Star was to put an arm bar on, uh, I can't even think of her name. Rosemary. Yeah. Uh, for like a submission finish. And she puts on the arm bar and the girl taps out. So match is over, but she proceeds to not let, not only not let go of the move, but an arm bar being an actual legitimate move when you do it in a particular way. There's a certain way to do it so that it looks like it's effective, but you know it's still protecting the person that it's being applied to. But they do no such thing, or she does no such thing. She just clamps the thing on and proceeds to try to injure her as much as possible with an armbar. Mm -hmm. 
for what reason? We don't know. Yeah. Sexy Star came up with some kind of half-assed lame excuse. <laughs> right. I just think things like this are interesting to study. Like, yeah, a, I mean, you know what I mean? There's a there's a thing to it. There's a thing too, and I guess it happens more often in Japan because, or or you hear about it happening more often in Japan because the Japanese matches the match style is a lot stiffer than you would find necessarily in. America or even Mexico, just North American style. They the Japanese like matches to look realistic. They don't like the concept of okay, here's the phony or these with most promotions. It's kind of eased off against that. Yeah. More so now, but it it was a thing where they liked the legitimacy in their in their in their fights. They didn't want people with the kind of roll their eyes and whatever they wanted. They wanted true fighters. They got these people uh, out of sumo. They got these people out of amateur wrestling. They want, they want, they want it to be stiff. You're really hitting me. You know, you're, you're taking that. Yeah. The match may be predetermined, but we're still getting dropped on our heads and, you know, choked and that type of thing. And you get things like, uh, Ricky Chosu back in the mid '80s took a kick in the face from uh, God, I can't think of was it Koji Katao? I can't. It, but I mean, like he put on the uh, I forget what he technically called it, but like the Scorpion Deathlock, right? Uh, which was. Ricky Chosu's move back then and was holding the particular opponent in the Scorpion Deathlock move, which if you know, you've seen the move before, just you're kind of sitting down into that move and at and your hands are holding, you know, the legs in that particular position. As that happens, he proceeds to come in and kick Chosu in the face. Chosu can't protect himself because he's holding the move on somebody else. And it breaks his orbital bone, and he got blackballed from wrestling for a period of time, and they yeah. went through that type of thing. But, but yeah, it's it's interesting to figure out what what causes you to snap because something something ridiculous like that. Because again, like what Rosemary was saying, I believe when she was talking about her situation with uh, Sexy Star was that. When you're working with another professional wrestler and you're allowing them basically to do moves to you, you're you're putting your livelihood in their hands. Mm-hmm. All your health and safety, you're trusting them with every bit of yourself. Yeah. So it's you're hoping and praying that this other person knows what the hell that they're doing and they're going to not only they're going to make you look good but they're going to keep you healthy they're not going to drop you on your head by mistake or do something ridiculous to you and to turn around and have them turn against you and try to hurt you not not even necessarily hurt you because they fucked up but to actually go this is a way i know that i can hurt you and i'm going to do it and you know what you're actually going to let me do it mm-hmm 
Well, I got a I got a good match for you this week, an actual wrestling match. Okay. I'm gonna start this description, and I know you're gonna sigh, and then I'm gonna finish the description, and you're gonna go, okay. All right. Okay. So from TNA Unbreakable 2005, this is a triple threat match for the X Division title. AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe versus the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It came up in my, uh, like hey, you should watch this list on YouTube the other day. And I was like, huh, sure, I'll give it a watch. And I clicked on it, and it was, uh, it's good. I mean, it's three incredible wrestlers. You know, much younger than they are now. <laughs> so. I am thankful because I just remembered the match that I picked out for you. Oh, good. What would but, that match be? But, like, in the last ten minutes, I was going, I've completely forgotten what match I was going to give you. <laughs> What match and are you going to give me, Tom? Before you forget it again, I can put it on the notes. Well, you were nice enough to give me such a lovely match to watch. Okay, fair enough. From 1997, ECW, Terry Funk defends the ECW World Heavyweight title against Sabu, Born to be wired. Nice. A no is... wire, uh, no rope. Yeah. Barbed wire match. I just, I just kind of, I can't take any bumps off these ropes. They're real sharp. Uh, I watched this match again recently. I still couldn't believe I watched this match. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Uh, the recording that I found of it, which I will, I've got a I will daily try to remember to actually shoot over to you. It's uh, it's not on the network, so it's a it's a Vimeo or Daily Motion or one of those. I've, I found it. I have it playing right now. Okay. Joey Styles does the intro to it, and Joey basically just turns around and is like, "Yeah, this is the most disturbing match I ever had to call." Oh man, this is. I'm gonna fast forward like three quarters of the way through real quick and just see what I see. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. We'll save all that shit. <laughs> I oh, mean, no. the logistics of it and just like. Oh. It, you go about halfway through the match and. <laughs> You can stop it pretty much at any point and just caption it, I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> My thing is, I'm I'm pretty good with watching this stuff, but I, I, the whole time I still have to be like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> um, the thing that makes me laugh kind of about, you know, the horror that is that match is that because it is a barbed wire match, Sabu's pants don't last. Oh. Sabu always had the weird kind of baggy... The MC Hammer pants? Yeah. Yeah. Hammer pants were not meant for barbed wire. No. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. 
but uh, I know I'll be cr- cringing. And you've not that. actually watched it before? Huh. No, I don't think I've ever seen this one before. Okay. So this will be new to me. Yeah, yeah it's not on the network. It was one of those. I can't imagine then, why. Um, they were they were starting to get pay per view. Like this was after barely legal, but this was at the arena. It wasn't you know, at like a neutral location or anything like this. And they weren't putting, they didn't necessarily have another pay-per-view lined up. And I think mass transit kind of happened around this time or so that they were having trouble getting pay-per-view to begin with. But this was more like one of their big ECW arena cards where they would just tape a good, They'd, they'd have a good card, and then they'd plug it on the TV show, and you would call the 800 number and buy the cassette and that type okay. of thing. Okay, cool. This will be fun to watch. I'm excited to watch it. I know it's going to be disturbing, but I'm fine with that. It's, as long as it's, I know going into a match, what to it, like, I'm good with it, you know? Yeah, it's weird, and there's outside involvement. And... Cool. Well, I guess, uh, Tom, if we wrap this up in the next three and a half minutes, we're under an hour. Ooh. So uh, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Go to the Twitter machine, at Mr. Workrate, at MR Workrate. Don't go anywhere else. Just do the Twitter. Yep, and I'm all over the internet, wherever finer social media is purveyed, at JC Bobbitt, J-C-B-O-B-B-I-T-T. Uh, you could, if you come to the Carolina Hurricanes game this Saturday, you could find Tom and I at the Section 328 tailgate uh, with free pizza from Donato's and our friends from New Belgium bringing some brews. Uh, it's and that'll be a good time. So holler at us on Twitter or anywhere at Cheaters NVR Pen if you're coming by to say hello. Spoiler: We'll be drunk. Yep. Yep. Uh. Yeah, and that's it. We'll be we'll be on the, the the tweeter Sunday for Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about it. Tom, we did a show in under an hour. Mostly because we talked about SmackDown. Yeah. So thanks, SmackDown. Uh any parting thoughts? Give me your best one liner. You can't put me on the spot like that. That's a good one. So for myself. <laughs> And for Tom, this has been another edition of Cheaters Never Pin, and we'll catch you on the flip side.